Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalio. Hope everybody had a good weekend, stayed warm, stayed healthy. Um, getting into that time of the year where, you know, it's cold, flu season, you know. So, a lot of things to kind of keep in mind, but I hope you're all staying healthy and well wherever you are. Uh, a lot to get into, uh, as you know, we saw a lot of things take place over the weekend. You know, obviously NBA season heating up. Um, you know, the NFL, a couple of really great overtime games. A um, couple of teams all of a sudden are now in a pretty interesting spot going forward. You know. I will get into a little bit of college football landscape as well, um, you know, probably tomorrow, day after that, um, you know, as we're getting closer and closer to some of the games starting up and, you know, going to be obviously a big game for some of these prospects and some who may, you know, obviously elect to start training for the NFL draft, that will always be on the horizon as well, so we'll get into all of that in a little bit. Uh, I want to kick off things by recapping week 14 of the NFL season. As I mentioned up the top, a couple of uh, you know overtime games. You know, obviously a lot of teams have got very important victories, um, and some are staring in a you know interesting hole. So it is going to be telling over the next few weeks. You know what takes place and how it may all go down. So let's start with the Atlanta Falcons uh, picking up the 29 to 21 win over the Carolina Panthers. You know, a tied game early on. Um, Carolina had, I think, three turnovers in this one. And there was one pick six thrown by Cam Newton. Um, or I think that was probably PJ Walker. One or the other. Uh, but both quarterbacks saw action in this one for Carolina, but. You know, Cam had a fumble, and there was an interception. Um, the Panthers just never were able to really get um, enough scoring drives put together consecutively. You know, it was close early on, but, you know, Matt Ryan was able to do a little bit more uh, with his offense than Carolina did. You know, he saw some scoring drives be put up, and obviously a key play in this one was Matt Ryan and the Falcons' office guarding at third down and long. Where he found Kyle Pitts. Uh, it was kind of busted coverage by the Panthers' defense, uh, which allowed that play to happen. You know, so, I mean, there's just a couple of key missed opportunities for the Panthers in this game. Their defense, that was really a strong suit for them early in the season, just really could never get enough uh, stops when, when they needed to get stops. And that kind of, you know, uh, was the, the telling point in this game was where Atlanta just kind of stayed with it and you look at Matt Rule and obviously he did some things a little bit different obviously he you know brought in Cam um, you know obviously Cam played and you know he did some stuff fairly well um, and then after that I mean I think PJ Walker came in the game but the turnovers really hurt the penalties as well at times definitely were a telling tale for this one and Atlanta got got the win and keep their 
uh, you know, playoff hopes somewhat still alive at six and seven, I believe. The Cleveland Browns um, won a game, big game, at home over the Baltimore Ravens, 24-22. Baltimore's second loss of the season. Lamar Jackson had to leave with an ankle injury in the second quarter. Hopefully, he's not. Uh, it's not too much of a significant injury because you know it did look like one of those injuries which you know might sprain his ankle so he as a result had to leave the game and quarterback Tyler Huntley had to step in for Baltimore uh, the Browns just played a better game overall than the Ravens did I mean you saw obviously Baker Mayfield throw a couple of touchdowns you know did have one pick but the Browns defense was really um, Good in this one. I mean, Miles Garrett had a like a strip sack and a fumble recovery. You know, Cleveland has kind of built their lead uh, in the first half, and they just let the you know Ravens obviously did come back and make it somewhat of a game. But you know, on in the end, Cleveland just kind of dictated the pace of this game. Uh, kind of got what they needed to get. Got some key stops. You know, uh, you saw some good things from the Browns overall, um, and. You know, they're sitting at a spot now where a lot of the games coming up are going to be really telling about Cleveland. You know, I think the next opponent might, might, might be the Packers. So, you know, Baker Mayfield did some good things. His defense definitely stepped up and answered the bell. You know, even despite Lamar Jackson not being uh, there, you know, you saw them kind of just take care of business and get the, get the victory. So, you know... It was, it was a telling one for them for sure, and the Ravens just were really just str- struggled defensively at some times, and they were one of twelve and third down, which really when, you, when you're one of twelve and third down, you're not gonna be able to do a whole lot, and that's c- kind of what happened early in this game was the in three and outs and not being able to pick up first down. So uh, Baltimore definitely has lost two straight now, and they're gonna have to hope that Lamar Jackson doesn't miss too much time. Um, because they got some key games coming up that they really have to start winning um, to kind of get in the get back in the picture in terms of the you know the the division is still going to be in their favor, but it, it is going to get tighter now. So they have to really step up and find ways to get it done. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Houston Texans 23 to 13. Not much of a surprise in this one as, you know, it was a close game early on. You know, Davis Mills obviously did some things okay in the beginning, but Houston just could not generate any offense. You know, they could not get those big plays that they needed to get. Uh, they just kind of, you know, went three and out qu- quite a bit. They think they turned the ball over on, on downs a little bit as well. Uh, but Seattle, you just saw Russell Wilson have a good game. I mean, Rashad Penny, who's someone who... See, I was hoping to have a bigger impact this season, you know, have one of those games, but, you know, I'll be against the Houston, Texas, and defense, and Seattle obviously has played much better, and, you know, they're obviously trying to, you know, finish out strong, but, you know, all likely they will be out of the postseason picture um, with another loss or so, but this one was one that they got and got right, you know, obviously picking up another win in a row, so... And the good for Pete Carroll in Seattle, I mean, it still doesn't, you know, change the fact that they are going to have a different type of team next year, whether it be Russell Wilson under center or not. Um, they are going to have to make some changes in some areas. Um, 
maybe defensively, uh, possibly. So we'll see how that plays out. The Raiders ended up losing 48 to nine over the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs just really steamrolled uh, the Raiders a lot in this game. I thought it'd be much closer. You know, I talked about this game maybe being a little bit close, but Chiefs winning. But I did not expect a full-blown blowout. Um, you know, I thought that the Raiders would find ways to make it interesting, but obviously they did not. And one thing that they did that they should have not done probably um, was probably going to the Chiefs, you know, logo pregame. And, uh, you know, obviously as a defense, you do want to get your, as a, as a road team, you do want to get your team going and spirited and everything like that. But, you know, last year the Raiders did win in Kansas City, right? And, you know, obviously KJ Wright and Yannick Nagakwe wanted to kind of rile up their team and get prepared to play this game. But, you know, they went on the Chiefs logo pregame and kind of did that classic kind of stomp kind of thing, which we've seen before our teams do as a tactic. But the Raiders just really didn't respond to that and follow up with that as well. You know, the game was really over uh, early. I mean, you saw the Chiefs just uh, get a strong performance from, you know, Hilaire and Derek Gore. Mahomes uh, threw a couple of touchdown passes. This defense was just really good in terms of just not allowing the Raiders to have much success offensively um, in this game. And, you know, to me, obviously the Raiders had five turnovers in this one, which never is really good. And, you know, I think Jacobs had a fumble. So did Hunter Renfro. Um, this wasn't a clean game at all. I mean, there were a lot of plays made by the Chiefs. You know, they obviously got after Derek Carr and... Uh, you know, the Raiders had their lowest rushing total of the season as well, so, you know, it was just a game in which the Raiders just never got off to the right start, and the Chiefs just kind of took it out on them, and uh, they never looked back at this one, so, you know, Raiders, you know, you, you know, they've been through a lot, no doubt, this season, um, you know, but having said that, this was a chance for them to play a really meaningful game. In terms of trying to make it interesting, they came out really flat, and it kind of continued to be that way all night for the, all day for them as well. The Saints picked up um, the 30 to nine win over the New York Jets, ending their five-game losing streak. I mean, they got Alvin Kamara back, and obviously that made a huge difference. Over 200 yards rushing for the Saints in this one. As for the Jets, obviously a mixed bag from Zach Wilson and. Of course, everybody's already coming after uh, Wilson and saying he looked really bad and like garbage and all that. I mean, you know, you have no Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Obviously, it was a mixed bag because, you know, he missed a lot of throws, no doubt. Uh, some drops as well, but I mean, what do people expect? Um, you know, it was it was going to be competitive, uh, competitive in, the, in, the, in the first game, in the first half or so, but... The Saints had to win this game. I mean, they obviously got Kamara back. They got some big, big plays. Uh, you know, like I said, it's about right now. It's not a good time for any of the New York teams right now because you know, one week they look great, and one week they don't look so great, and uh, it's definitely tough. But you know, the Jets definitely have a lot of work to do in terms of adding more talent around this team. Um, so we'll see if they can figure it out and finish 
somewhat better down the stretch. But the Saints got to keep win and they remain alive in the NFC playoff race. So, you know, you know they were to come out and be a little more aggressive. And Kamara was obviously the huge difference in this one. Um, and they got it done um, in on the road. So, uh, the next game I want to talk about is Tennessee winning 20 uh, to nothing over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Tennessee coming off of the bye week. Uh, obviously, they had two losses in a row. Tennessee just got it done. I mean, they picked off Trevor Lawrence in his offense four times. Um, you saw Tannehill play a clean game offensively. And, you know, Tennessee obviously is still a formidable team in the AFC. They just were able to get some good plays, get to win the positioning battle. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars just continue to struggle to generate offense. Uh, not the best game for Trevor Lawrence, although you just look at same thing with, with the Jets. This is all about the talent and the lack of coaching at times. That's really kind of hurt. Um, but, you know, this is expected, you know, and it's funny when people just jump on, like, the top draft picks right away. It's, it's like, gotta give them time to do something. They're not gonna turn over a franchise right away. Uh, but the Jaguars have had, uh, you know, they've gone off to a slow start in a lot of their games this season, and it really kind of continues in this one where, you know, it just wasn't the kind of performance they needed to play. I mean, they didn't get enough of big plays. Um, the penalty, you know, there were penalties and sacks that Jacksonville allowed as well. So, a tough one for the Jaguars. I mean, they just haven't been able to do well. And as Evan Meyer continues to address those reports and sit, you know, talk about improving and all that. But you know, his future in Jacksonville is really going to be interesting to watch as it goes on because they just have not been competitive the last few weeks. And that's going to be something that uh, will continue to be watched. Is how did they look and how did they develop Trevor Lawrence? It's about how these quarterbacks develop, obviously. Now, first year-wise, you know, obviously you've seen the success that Jones has had because of Belichick and McDaniel's. Um, but what about the other two? You know, what about the young coaches and Urban Meyer, you know, Robert Salo? You know, that's the whole thing to figure out these rookie quarterbacks. But um, you look at for Tennessee, they got a big win, and they just have to find a way to continue to win games. And Tannehill um, definitely is going to need more of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones down the stretch of the season. So in this next segment, I want to continue on and recap more week 14. Um, let's go with Dallas. Dallas Cowboys winning 27-20 to over the Washington football team. Uh, look at this game, you know, from a lot of different angles. Wasn't the kind of game that Dak Prescott probably hoped to play. I did have a couple of turnovers that, you know, you never really see from Dak Prescott as much. It's kind of been happening a little bit more and more as the season has rolled on, but... Dallas defense really was the one that made some big plays in this one. Um, you know, getting a fumble, a return, I believe, and then, you know, obviously getting, I think, an interception or so. 
Um, so this defense, you know, Dallas really kind of led the way in terms of doing that. I mean, you saw them score points, you know, Elliott, C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, Dallas built a pretty strong lead, and they got, you know, I think up to a 24 nothing lead before Washington kind of made a comeback. Uh, Taylor Heineke just was not as good as he was supposed to be. He really struggled to make some throws, held the ball too long quite a bit. Um, and that was really what kind of hurt uh, Washington as well. You know, the defense kept them in the game as long as they could, um, but Dallas just was able to take advantage of good field positions. Um, and, you know, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen had to come in there as well to play a little bit for, for Washington, but there were some penalties, you know, there were just some plays that weren't really made as well. You know, Antonio Gibson didn't have that kind of a strong type of game either. Um, and Dallas just kind of, you know, paced themselves and, you know, you saw some them do some good things overall, get in positions to score and not turn the ball over a whole lot compared to, to Washington. And that was really the telling outcome um, of this game because Washington, for one, did not win the win the time possession battle, um, and they did not get um, enough from their offense when needed, uh, and that kind of affected them in this game. The Denver Broncos uh, won 30 to 10 of the Detroit Lions. Uh, what a touching tribute and honor um, that the Denver Broncos did on Sunday with. Honoring Demarius Thomas, obviously the 88 uh, symbol in the end zone, and you know, uh, obviously at the start of the game, you know, 10 men huddle, and just really, it's just great to see um, the uh, Denver honor uh, Demarius Thomas's memory, and you know, a lot of people were in attendance for that, and you know, the both teams obviously showed up and really, um, you know, stood out and. It was just really touching to see overall. Um, as for the game, Denver got a huge win with their defense playing very well. Their offense finding some success with Teddy Bridgewater throwing a couple of touchdowns and Melvin Gordon having a big game as well. You know, so it was very impressive um, overall. You know, it was close early on, but Denver was able to uh, get back on track and. And Denver's in the mix also, you know, coming to this final few weeks. And they've been so inconsistent at times where you felt like their offense could sometimes put up a lot of points and could score, other times they give it away. Uh, but this was a game in which, you know, the Lions really couldn't muster a whole lot uh, in the second half or keep their offense on the field as much. The LA Chargers won 37-21 to over the Giants. Herbert with three touchdowns of this one. The Giants just couldn't keep up. You know, it was tight early on, but, you know, the offense just really struggled to move the ball. Not enough big plays. You know, Saquon did get in the end zone, but, you know, it just was not, not the kind of game that I thought the defense would play. Definitely disappointing. They allow a lot of, you know, big plays down the field to the rookie wide receiver. I think Josh Palmer of the Chargers. And the Chargers finally won back-to-back -back games for the first time in a while. And they are sitting really well ahead of their Thursday night battle with the Chiefs for the division lead. And so the Giants, they got a lot to figure out. Uh, Joe Judge and his team got a lot to figure out going into this final stretch. But hopefully they'll get back to Daniel Jones and 
who knows what the Giants will do after this season, but a lot of changes should be coming, and start with the front office for sure. The 49ers prevailed in overtime over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, 26-23. What a game between both teams. I mean, you know, it was back and forth, and well, kind of back and forth towards the end, but, you know, the Niners really led most of the way, you know, playing great defense up 20-6, to but Joe Burrow and this offense, Jamar Chase, got a couple of touchdowns going late. Uh, the 49ers missed a game time, a game-winning field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. You know, George Kittle was really sensational in this game. He has, you know, incredible catches, especially one on a key drive. Um, the Niners' experience really showed out in this one. They really played uh, very well. Jimmy Garoppolo found some success, and he threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk. Um, at the end, so you know the Bengals obviously have had to- two tough losses now back to back, and you know they had a couple of special team miscues early on, which hurt them in this game. And that's the thing with the Bengals—they're very inconsistent in these last two games, and their defense definitely did not do a good enough job on that final drive to prevent the 49ers, um, you know, to get. Um, you know, because the Niners had a couple of opportunities that, you know, you felt like once the Bengals got the, you know, kick to go ahead by a field goal, you know, the Niners would be able to, you know, you know, the, the, the defense of the Bengals really was the telling point in this one because you saw that there were a couple of plays where they just didn't play right and Jimmy Garoppolo found obviously Samuel and a couple of key wide receivers down the stretch and... Man, a tough look for the Cincinnati Bengals because look at them. They could have possibly moved into the division lead, but they kind of fell short. And now they find themselves struggling and having a big-time game next week against Denver um, to keep their season alive. But, you know, it's you just seen the success the Bengals are having, and they're a team that still needs a couple more pieces. Uh, but they could still find themselves in, in the playoffs if they could finish strong. But... Very interesting that the AFC North gets very close in a lot of different areas. And Cleveland definitely cannot sleep on Cleveland now. Especially the way they were able to get a, a victory coming off the bye week. Tampa Bay uh, beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime 33-27. to It was all the Buccaneers in the first half of this game. Uh, the Bills struggled to move the ball, had a turnover or so. Josh Allen wasn't getting it done. This defense was getting pushed around quite a bit. But second half, totally different story. You saw the Bills do a much better job of featuring uh, everyone else other than Stephon Diggs. Um, they put up some points and they scored 17, 17 unanswered points heading into the fourth quarter of this game with you know Gabriel Davis making plays and, you know... Josh Allen was doing it all in terms of just finding guys, and there were a couple of you know tough calls that went against the uh, the Bills in this one. I mean, especially on that fourth and two down there when the Bills had a chance to possibly win it, um, you know. But the Buccaneers definitely looked a little bit out of sorts in the second half. They couldn't pick up first downs, three and outs here and there, and um, Buffalo made it a game. They made it a game. Made it very tight. Um, and, you know, Brady just ended up getting the ball in overtime and threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Brashard Perriman for the game-winning score, you know. But 
The Bills defense definitely did not do a good job enough early in this game. Played much better lately, you know, in the second half, but a couple of possessions here and there didn't go the Bills' way, and, you know, the Bills now find themselves at the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture. Um, they've lost, obviously, a couple of straight games now, which, you know, they have to find a way to get back on track, or else they're in danger of missing the postseason. Now that brings me now to uh, the night game, which was between the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. Chicago brought out all the energy and intensity in the first half, scoring 27 first half points with special teams playing tremendous. Justin Fields had his moments as well. Uh, the speed, of the, the speed of the Bears really was doing a good job in the first half, but you know, second half, totally different story. You know, the Packers got up to a slow start. Aaron Rodgers was missing a couple of throws. Uh, but, you know, obviously the Bears started out and, you know, defense was doing pretty good. Did a couple of discount double checks, you know, imitating uh, Aaron Rodgers. But second half was all Packers scoring, I think, 24 points straight. Uh, you know, you know, you have uh, Devontae Adams scoring and you have Aaron Jones scoring. I mean, it was a clinic overall uh, by, by the Packers in the second half. And, uh, and uh, you know, you look at the... Look at the the Bears. You know Justin Fields did have a you know have a fumble that was costly in the second half, um, but the protection really broke down quite a bit as well. But the Bears defense just got blitzed, and Aaron Rodgers really just continued to do what he always does against the Bears and just put up points and and own them. <laughs> so Packers, as a result, are sitting pretty good in the NFC right now, and you know they're trying to get that home field advantage. So every every game counts. Um, but what a you know game it was. The Bears scored you know 30 points or so, and they made they made it really interesting for the first half. Second half couldn't keep it up, and Justin Fields, like I said, he's still having his ups and downs as a quarterback, but he is looking better and better. Um, and the Bears just have to find a way to get the right pieces around him, you know, in terms of like protection wise and more obviously better play from coaching wise. Um, but the Packers just do what they always do. They are, you know, they, they just start slow. It wasn't kind of expected. They started this kind of slow. It was obviously scoreless in the, they were scoreless in the first quarter. But after the second half started, they really found their edge on defense. Got a pick six. Got some fumbles. Uh, got some turnovers. You know, so like it was just all about the Packers defense kind of waking up and being much better. Uh, but the Bears off, uh, the Packers offense also, you know, clicked into high gear and. If they can keep playing like this, they'll definitely have a good shot of keeping that NFC number one seed um, in in their sights coming up. So tonight ends with the Rams and Cardinals. Should be a great game, hopefully between both teams. The Rams definitely have to play like it uh, and make it interesting, you know. Uh, but you know, the Cardinals obviously have been so good this season, and we're gonna really find out which defense can really show up and make some more statements on this game tonight. We look at it, I mean, a lot of playoff versus have tied it. Look at the NFC playoff seed, number six, seven seed. I mean, Washington still, despite their loss, has a chance, but, you know, Philadelphia's right there. The Saints are right there. Look at the AFC, you know, the Colts are right there, close to the Buffalo Bills, and you got Denver and the uh, Cleveland Browns also right there. Pretty interesting to see how well the Chargers play the rest of the way because. Around on not only the Chargers but the Bills as well. So 
definitely set for a couple of interesting matchups and key matchups down the stretch of the season.